It's elementary, my dear Loken. Welcome to our most investigatory episode of Zero to 40k. Welcome to Zero to 40K, the podcast where I drag my friends kicking and screaming ah. into the Warhammer universe. With me, as always, to break down the next chapters of Galaxy in Flames are my co-hosts, Sarah. Sarah, how are you? Sarah couldn't be with us today in person, although we're going to try and see if we can reach out through the warp and get some psychic messages. Receive some astropathic communiques from Sarah. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, the, the the warp is pretty dark right now, so turbulent. Yeah, I don't storms know. Storms. Yeah. As as we get to in mm-hmm. in these upcoming chapters, well, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Look at all these Look shadows. How clever we were. Who's that? Whose voice is that? <laughs> oh my goodness! I haven't even introduced them. Whose voice is this? Who are all oh. people? <laughs> Eric. Okay. Eric. Hello. How Good. are you? Good. Um. So. Looking forward to we, we're foreshadowing. Do you have any any points that you're particularly excited about in these? I have I have bits I'm really, really pleased about in these chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me me as well. Ben counter continues to please. Mm. And um I here's some more foreshadowing. I have a hot $20 bill that I'm going to spend on possibly two small prizes. And I've got ways for our listeners to win them later on. And I've not discussed it with any of you. So hopefully you don't think it's stupid. (laughs) Okay. I had no idea. Hot prizes. Very exciting. My busted art degree has decided that a $20 amount of prizes is what will happen. So seems like an appropriate amount. That's about our scale. Although 40 would have been, well, maybe next (laughs) one. And my other co-host, who has spoken, but here we are, Mm -hmm. Shannon, hello. Hello. How are you looking? So you also enjoying Ben Counter up until this point? Very much so. So. Yeah, I think, and and, I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say this. (laughs) I, up until this point, at no point when I'm reading stuff for this podcast, did I say, you know what, I kind of want to keep reading. Ah. But I'm kind of feeling that way. But Ben has finally. Yeah, I do want to keep reading. I did not. But uh, yeah, he really uh, has turned things around for me. Wow. I sure wish he wrote more of these books (laughs) in this series. (laughs) And unfortunately, that is not the case. I I really Um, like him. But again, I, I like that we've all turned. We all really like Ben Counter. And that will make us, again, against the sort of standard prevailing wisdom. We are the Ben counterculture, if you will. <laughs> That's better than the pun I was working on. I was. It took me a while. I was sitting here trying to lead my way to I was going to say we can Ben counter on him to continue to write well, good chapters. That's not terrible. Yours is like that one, too. That's pretty terrible. <laughs> well, I'm proud of Ben counterculture. Mm-hmm. So there we are. We got we to gotta tag him in things. So. Yeah. Maybe Hashtag he'll, he'll get another podcast. Octothorpe Ben counterculture. So <laughs> there you go. Um, um, again, I'm excited about they, they are introducing a lot of things that it's good. And we start to get some some action coming in so we could finally see how he does some of his action scenes and everything. So let's just dive right into chapter four. Ing may sing. No. Horus wheels and deals with a ghost. No, Cinderman. I'm trying to tell you that when you're ready, you won't have to. That's a Matrix reference. We will get there. <laughs> Only the timeliest of references. Because he doesn't have to dodge bullets. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> so chapter four, we start off with Erebus doing spooky things and making evil rituals going on. And I think my favorite part of this is that they have made a little 
Davenite Lodge on the Ventral Spirit. They even talk about how it has stone walls. Like they brought up stuff <laughs> uh-huh. to build a spooky cave inside a spaceship. Yeah, that um, was a very nice touch. Erebus goes all out. He's not going to do anything halfway. Um, so is this, do we think, just well, aesthetics or is there actual magic in it? Or are they just like, I really love that Davin feel? I don't think it does have a Davin feel, though, does it? Because Loken talks about it later, how it's very different in look than well, what was on Davin. No, was that Davin? No, that was the Fane from the Whisperheads back on Fake Terra. He was describing it as not being like. I thought we'll get there. Mainly, I bring up the chapter. The whispers flitted from Erebus and gathered in the shadowed corners of the chamber, a stone walled lodge built in the image of the temple room of the Delphos where Akshub had cut his throat. Oh, OK, I guess so. So, um, and no, I don't I don't think it's magically necessary. I think Erebus is just extra and really wants to have <laughs> he his went to Michael's or Home Depot. And mm-hmm. it's like, what do you have in Moon of Davin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he. <laughs> You guys know this about me that I was I was I'm trying to put together a halfling druid costume and I I looked on Etsy at some staffs and I was like, I can make myself a magical staff. (laughs) And then I I was going to Google some things about how to make one expecting like cosplayers, you know, and got people who profess to be real druids and magic users (laughs) and how to make a magic staff. And the first step was to ask the tree for its permission and i was like well shit i already chopped this thing off <laughs> already fucked it up um <laughs> and so i feel like though erebus is like that he has a lot of like uh ritual and and things around it that are leading to basically the same kind of end product right okay. he, he got on space google and looked up magic rituals and he's getting a lot of bad information mixed in with his yeah, your borderline neo-pagan friend over here was watching you with a real something oh side God. eye, waiting to see if we we're going to make a There's, joke at Druid's expenses. I will. Yeah, I absolutely would. Yes, and you know that about me. And I, I think have I hurt think feelings if you did. In case, in case people have not picked up on it, I do not believe in real magic. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in spirits. You believe in the imperial truth. I'm not truth. a mind-body dualist. Huh? You believe in the imperial truth. I believe in the imperial truth. <laughs> one, I'm, I might have the pronunciation wrong, but one of us in this room knows that Maban was yesterday, which is one of the Sabbaths. So. That is one of us does know that. <laughs> there so, was I know. I was timely. escaping a room. <laughs> or not escaping a room, actually. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so he made his little cave. Yeah, his little fancy, his little, his little man cave, his little yeah, warp cave. he seems to think everything he's doing is very, he's like, oh, if I mess this up, my life is forfeit. Um, yeah, although, again, I don't think that's like, I might mess up the magic ritual. It's just that this conversation between a ghost and Horus might not go well, and then I'm going to get in big old no, trouble. No, because he said if he doesn't do it right, then his life is forfeit, I thought. Yeah, I guess. But I guess, or maybe he's just worried that, like, the spirit that he summons is going to end up being, like, a real jerk. Okay. Like, he summoned the wrong one. Well, so my question, I, I am a little annoyed that Ben never answers the question for us of what happened to Akshib. Nobody else cares um, except for, for me. Mm-hmm. Because he said, when I come back, I'm going to kill her. And then we never find out what yeah. happened to her. He's just kind of like, oh, I remember that bitch. Yeah, and I, I was va- worried about her, too. And I vaguely remember there may be something out there, and I bet somebody out there in listener land might be able to tell us. I think there's a short story that talks about it oh. um, because they kind of they do that later on. Like you get a bunch of these books 
And then there's a couple collections of short stories where I feel they go back and like address like, oh, shit, we sort of dropped this thread. Let's make a little short story about it to kind of fill it in. Well, there's so many characters. You can't address everything yeah. that's going on. <laughs> and still, I'm like, who's that? What's this? Oh, well, we'll talk about my thoughts on the Nathaniel. whole oh, 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 I was going to say Nathaniel Garrow's introduction oh. later on. That's not his interaction. We had his interaction last time. Well, right. But like, OK, in his introduction in this whole book. OK, that feels like they thought he was a character from previous books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. Can I just say, though, that Erebus, I feel like the Erebus is a creep, like just in general. Uh, the, the, the passage that I'm thinking of here is, though the astropath was blind, she recoiled as she felt his eyes roaming across her flesh. I <laughs> did make a note of Erebus being gross. And, you know, there. there's no reason, unless that's part of the ritual, <laughs> See, woman has to feel objectified. Um, but yeah, no. I was grossed out by that. Yeah, it's a it's a weird way to put it. Um, <sighs> okay. Well, I don't want to get ahead, but can are we talking about Ying Mei Sing in general yet? Well, or? first, I do okay. want to talk about Horace's sweet suit okay. of new Terminator armor mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he's in. Which, it was made by the fabricate. Was it the fabricator general? Yes, of, of Mars as mm-hmm. a symbol of their alliance. But my favorite part, guys, it's it's even fancier than the other Terminator armor that the Jesteran, who they have thrown in again, another thing that they act like they called the Terminators that in previous books, but simply did not. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, yeah, they're just there. We talked about that last time a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but on one hand, Horus sported a monstrous gauntlet with deadly blades for fingers. Now, this is just his walking around armor these yeah, days. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Like that's just his normal, his normal everyday one hand creeping in the corner of a room where no one can see him armor. Yeah, <laughs> but he's got giant like Freddy Krueger claws just mm-hmm. on one hand uh-huh. again. Like he needs to watch Edward Scissorhands again and learn how difficult that <laughs> lifestyle is. They have to get that out of the archives. So hold on a second. You said something about the Jesteran. Are those the priests of Mars? Is that what they're calling no. the priests of Mars? Have to be with him or whatever. No, the Justerian are his like in an earlier book, we saw Terminators blowing everybody away. Mm-hmm. Now they're saying that the Justerian are like his elite troops okay. that are his Terminators. And that's what they are going forward. OK, but who, who are the priests of Mars then? Because they say the priests. That's the Mechanicum. OK, that is the Mechanicum. Yeah. And they're priests now. So they're well, <laughs> against religion, but they're co- what? Well, so there's a. This is just a good time to get into this. There's some hypocrisy we see in later novels that gets into it that Mars is like sort of in an alliance with Terra and isn't like necessarily in like they're in the Imperium, but they're sort of like equal partners in it. And they worship something called the Omnissiah, which is the greatest name for a deity, period, like the machine god, they call him. Mm -hmm. And they think that the emperor they already kind of worship the emperor as a god, like that he's an avatar of this Omnissiah. Oh. But he's like, you guys are very, very important and do all our technology. So, yeah, you get a pass. Gotcha. <laughs> like, no one gets allowed. Allowed to ask, why do they get to... <laughs> you're allowed You're allowed to have your little gods. Yeah, because they because... build all the titans and mm-hmm. guns and everything, power armor and all the stuff that he needs. Isn't that the way of it? Yeah. yeah. And later on, they were like, oh, yeah, like fully this vast force within the Imperium has just had religion this whole time and just gets to. Do you think that Regulus is ever really regretting his promise to be with Horace no matter what without kind of asking about the details on that? <laughs> like for like an iPad or whatever he got out of that? <laughs> he got the best iPad, to be fair. He got an SDC <laughs> iPad. But um, yeah, probably when, well, spoiler alert, Ing Singh 
things don't go well for. Um, yeah, he might view, oh, we're doing human sacrifice here. Cool. This is mm-hmm. this is what we're in. But I guess he's on board. But getting to that. So we get to ritual. Um, Erebus is saying that there needs to be a sacrifice. They bring in poor Ingme Singh, which again, they, they sort of treat like as a major character, but fine. They sort of do, but she really hasn't had that much to do. And not enough screen time with Horus, in my opinion, to feel like that's a real sacrifice. Yeah, to earn this thing. Yeah, it, because that seems to be it's supposed to be really important. But can we just put a pin? I mean, put a pin in that for a second. Uh, Much like you put a pin in Ingmay Singh. Yeah. Uh, let's, but let's talk about her psychic message to Cinderman. <laughs> because from our perspective, we thought the emperor had sent yep. him a message. <laughs> and it was totally not. Yep. It was, uh, so they drag Ingmay Singh in. And he's like, I know you sent that message out about the saint. Who did you send a message to? And she's like, mm, you're going to kill me anyway. So pass. Well, I like <laughs> also Horace backs down from a threat immediately because she's like, you're going to kill me. And he's like, but if you don't tell me, I will make your dying as horrible as you can imagine. And she's like, you're going to kill me anyway. So whatever. And he's like, yeah, you're right. OK, fine. Um, <laughs> and, actually, and then it's pretty quick, as I recall. Yeah, he's like, I do not have time to torture anybody. Yeah. I got shit to do on the schedule. Like five minutes later, he was like, I was going to torture her. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <Son of a laughs> bitch. Now, I'm not used to my knife fingers yet. I just <laughs> That's got it. carried away. He really wanted to try the knife fingers out a lot. So, yeah, I'm just so sad that she is literally the best character. I'm just going to say that she's literally the best character. And we hardly saw her. And now she's gone. And yeah. I'm, I feel like she was a podcast podcast favorite in previous yeah. books, even though she didn't do much. I think whatever if they ever translate this to screen of any sort, she needs to get a much bigger role. I would like that. Yeah. And also use that to explain a lot more about how the world works. All this idea. Yeah, <laughs> she, she, yeah. she could offer a lot of exposition, yeah. I feel, as she's getting messages. But yes, I do love that she sent a message to Cinderman and he's like, God, hello. <laughs> she's like, no, no, it's just it's Ingmay saying, anyway, I don't have time for that, but you need to rescue you, Freddy Keeler. And he's like, OK, God. And it's like, no, I. Uh, no, he wasn't like that, though, because he's like, I don't know what I believe. <laughs> That's true. So I guess his skepticism was a lot more warranted than we assumed. Yeah. And Jonah's, which we'll get to. <laughs> oh, fucking Jonah. No, his is bullshit. His. OK, his fine. skepticism. Is I think we're going to be on opposite sides of this. <laughs> okay. Um. But so he has to do a sacrifice. It has to be someone important to him. Okay, um, and he murders Ing Mei Sing. Done. Sad. So, um, and then we get a spooky ghost. Sarkel mm-hmm. shows up, Lord of the Shadows. Right. I was gonna say we have we got rid of one cool name person and in with another cool <laughs> name person. Sarkel, Lord of Shadows. Sarkel sounds, I don't know, for some reason, very Kryptonian to me. Sure. Something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so are we going to. So before we talk. Son of Sarkel. Before we talk too much about Sarkel, I'd like to lead you to a note I have written here when I got to that part. Who is Sarkel? Who the fuck knows? No one. We will never see that person again. You want to lead us to a me. note that you wrote? Did yes. you tell us? Did you slip it inside a book? <laughs> you have to read the Chronicles to... <laughs> of Earth. We'll get to that when we get to Loken in an escape room. I couldn't help but mention that right now. <laughs> Jumping It was too ahead. appropriate. Okay, so, yes. Well, we get to start, then we cut. Okay, then we cut. We got to cut to uh, Jonah and Titus. Brave crew. Yes, of everyone's favorite Titan. The Dias Irae um, and Cinderman. Um, sort of wandering around trying to get to the medical bay to rescue thing. Look at this heroic rescue. 
as they, I think, walk through some hallways in this chapter. I um, like how. Um, <laughs> but talking about people, what do you mean? Asking what do you mean inappropriately is whenever Jonah's like, I just hope a frail man and our pistols are up to the job. And Cinnamon says, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's, he's not. Sorry, I'm not carrying a pistol. What do you <laughs> That's mean of you to call Titus a frail old man like that. <laughs> Rude. He's a strapping young man. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, it's going to be dangerous, you dumb dumb. <laughs> and they have Cinderman uses his, quote, iterator tricks. I always like that every time he talks to anybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, he's always I'm like, am I using iterator tricks? Whenever you are I, right now. Whenever actually. I try to convince somebody of anything. Mm-hmm. Um. But he convinces Jonah is is feeling real hesitant about this whole. I know you're thing. not liking Jonah. I like Jonah though, um, even though he's a little gross. But <laughs> I feel like he's asking all the right questions. Why doesn't the emperor help himself? Dang it! Sure, sure we get. Sure, I'm just saying later on in this uh, part. Right, his ISIS skepticism is reasonable. Um, but we get to they're making their way through. The medical bay, they find Euphrates. She's laying on there, her skin like alabaster and her face pinched and sunken. Okay. Um, but then they see the golden-eyed figure of Maggard come into view at the far end of the corridor with his sword unsheathed. So, scary guy coming to do a murder. Everyone's favorite murderer, ready to murder a saint. I hate how Cinderman gives this speech. He says, listen to me, Mr. Rukin. When you live as long and complex a life as I have, you learn that it always comes down to a single moment. Um, Not true. (laughs) Not true at all. Uh, And I'm glad of it because I've made a lot of single moment mistakes in my life. (laughs) But I hate hate that. I feel like that's a trope that happens in so many kind of like sci-fi or fantasy things where it's like, God, this is the most important thing you'll ever do. It's a good cowboy speech to give right before some action happens. Ooh, I hate it. (laughs) Cinderman. Cinderman sucks. It's one of his interrider tricks and it worked. It did work, actually. Oh, there you go. And Maggard here kind of like uh, Jason from Friday the 13th, just slowly making his way down the hallway, even though he's all souped up with mega (laughs) organs and stuff. Right. <laughs> he's got to do a scary, you know, scary walk. That's, you know, we know what the scene looks like in the movie where, you know, he's like slowly making his way down the hallway. Yeah, he doesn't care to hurry. No. He doesn't need to. He he's, doesn't need to. It turns out, spoiler alert, just two pistols to. and an old man. Right. <laughs> I don't know if he did need to. Yeah, I guess there's no hope That for thing him. would have just happened at the moment he got there, no matter when it. I don't know. More maybe, foreshadowing. Yeah, maybe Euphrates what alarm thing? just went off then. We'll get to it. So anyway, but then we cut back to Sarkel, the spooky warp ghost, uh, wheeling and dealing with Horace. Yeah, and 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 I just want to say, I, I mean, Horace called them out on this bullshit because they need him, but I still don't really understand why these warp people need shit about shit from Horace. I guess because. The emperor's fucking up the warp. Yeah. And he seems I like that. They they say he even seems when he says your emperor replied Sarkel. And for a fleeting moment, Erebus detected a trace of unease in the creature's voice. So we're getting that. The, Not well, fear, though. Well, <laughs> wait, do they do These the gods probably the warp? feel fear? Okay. I don't know. They might. OK, because we can. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that. Yeah. Whatever the emperor's doing on Terra, it's it's scary to to the gods of the warp. Um, 
Yeah. And they're willing to hook Horace up with all the power he needs to drag him down. And they're like, we totally pinky swear promise that we don't want your universe at all or we don't care about it. So don't worry about that. Wink. From okay, so stepping outside of the books, whatever the Emperor is doing, is that something that the casual Warhammer game player would know about? Is this something that has already been established? No, this is pretty this is sort of the the thrust of these novels is like what the Emperor's um, okay. whole great crusade post that plan was. And like what it's telling the story of like what the Emperor's plan was gonna be and then how it ended up in the world of Warhammer 40k, which is like not it. Okay. (laughs) Let's just say he does not accomplish a lot of his goals um, in there. I feel like at this point, though, in the books, with all these characters kind of meeting and talking about things and then leaving, I feel like there's a lot of go off to have your book. And so I'm wondering, is Erebus going off to have a book with yes. Lorgar? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so a he's a like, number of books. Okay. Because he's like, uh, you know, um, I don't know. He tells him he has stuff to deal he's with. He's going to Calf. He's like, you have a book to go do. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think there's uh, like Mark of Calf is on a shelf behind me here. You may somewhere. It's in there. There's um, a lot of Warhammer There's a lot of Warhammer books. You. But yes. I- he is literally going off to go engage in his little spinoff books. Okay, and cool. uh, Well, and we'll see there's a later section with the Emperor's Children where Eidolon is like, hey, remember the thing that happened in a book that actually is written after this but took place right before this? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's handy, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very – they're, they're cover, going back and covering a lot of ground and having yeah. people do their little spinoff things and everything sort of splits mm-hmm. off from this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Which can be fine. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes in this series it's done well and sometimes it is not. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. If this, yeah, I mean, if this was a, I mean, I love doing this podcast with you all. If this was a world I was more, I'll say, f- familiar with <laughs> or fond of in a general kind of way. Like, I would love, I think, a Lord of the Rings stupid, you know, if there's a bunch of short stories. But if there were 12 more short stories talking about all of the shit. Yeah. Make 50 books of mm-hmm. them. Like, that I could just live in. Sauron. be great. Coming back or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, I can dig that. All right. Tolkien estate. Get on it. Uh, well, I guess we got that in Dune to a degree, and it's a uh, varying quality. So, <laughs> guess be careful what you wish for. Yeah. So Horace is like worth it about killing Emacing. Yeah. And there's someone named Kelbor Hall, another Kryptonian, I guess. No, Kelbor Hall is the uh, that's the fabricator general. Oh, okay. Mars. Sorry, I am misunderstanding. Okay. And they're Chthonian. So what's Gilliman's Legion? That is the Ultramarines. No, no. They're ultra. They're more blue than they. They are. They do wear blue armor. Yes. Okay. But well, you'll be mad. But we'll just tear this bandaid off the... right now. I wish Sarah was here to hear this fact. They come from a planet called Ultramar. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but they're also blue. But they're also like ultra marines. It's. So many layers wow. to this work. <laughs> again, that line was written in the 80s and they sort of tried to justify it and whatever. It's I think they probably named it because they're like, these are the blue ones. <laughs> so um, here we are. Yeah, they're even more marine. Yes. Ultramarine. And I like that they they pay. The ultramarines are also the poster children of 
Warhammer 40k. Like yeah, on all the that's art. what I kind of oh, okay. based the art for our podcast on an yes. ultramarine. If, gotcha. if there's ever anything just like from Games Workshop that shows a space marine, nine times out of ten, it's one of these blue boys. Yeah, with a big. Yeah, yeah. whenever you went to your, you went to a conference and there was one that was really giant. Yeah, right? they do like a they have a big statue that they bring to like game conventions and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's always ultramarine. Really that's move the that. It's probably carefully. Come all the way over from England. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they have an American one that they zip around here. Or the warp. An English one. Well, yes, the warp, they do. Well, through the warp. Um, so, okay. Translating so it. There's that stuff. Are we ready to go back to yeah. Euphrates? Yeah, he, but he's laying out a bunch of exposition about how uh. they have a bunch of plans. And yeah, they have to watch out because if Gilliman's Legion isn't. Erebus is going to go fuck with Gilliman's Legion. If he fucks it up, then it's all for naught because mm -hmm. the Ultramarines are the coolest Legion because they're on all the posters, mm -hmm. we will say. Anyway, um, but yes, now we're ready to go back to Cinderman and friends and Maggard trying to murder. And there's a little bit of a Matrix situation going on here. That's well, that, hence the joke. Yeah. Yes. Show me. So. So they're trying to. Is it red pill? They're trying to red pill Jonah. <laughs> or blue pill. I don't remember which one gets you into the Matrix yeah. or get you out of the Matrix, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but and then, of course, it's a whole different thing now. Euphrates was conscious here? when. So, so to explain to people who might not have uh, read this, they're trying to get Euphrates out of the Med Medicaid Bay or whatever, and... They're basically breaking her out of the hospital. Maggard's coming to kill her. Slowly and menacingly. Uh -huh. Yes. And then he goes to shoot them and the bullets freeze in midair. And she, if I'm remembering correctly, like you see the little eagle thing. Is it an eagle glowing yeah, in her aquila. hand? Oh, it's a little. No, little, it's in her hand. Yeah, but it's oh. where she her hand was burnt oh, okay. by it before when she held it out to make the. Okay, so that thing isn't in her hand anymore. It's just her hand. Well, it might have been okay. also in her hand, okay. but yeah. But it's glowing, and were her eyes open? Yes. Okay. Her eyes are now wide in terror. Her right hand extended, and the silver eagle that had been burned into her flesh glow. Oh wow! Maybe the eagle is actually like. Yeah, it's burned that's how I was picturing it. Yeah. See, okay. And then the scar said, tissue starts glowing with magic. Well, when they awesome. said burned into her flesh before, I, I imagine she had a scar, like a brand. Yeah, but it said the silver eagle yeah. that had been burned yeah. into her flesh. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like part of her now. I guess. Which isn't weird, I guess, for this world. <laughs> Frankly. Yeah. It's less augmentation than most people have. <laughs> <laughs> but do, you, do we think she was actually awake or was this like a... I don't know. A night terror. I mean, yeah, I think she came to briefly, um, you know, to act like she was warned or whatever. The, mm -hmm. the emperor's working through her. Um, the emperor didn't send that message to send her. Well, but the emperor's stopping her faith in the emperor is is fighting off doing okay. weird magics. All right. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, but it literally stops the bullets. So again, when. Does it stop them or are they just moving super slow? They're moving slow? very slowly, okay. yes. Slowly enough that they can just sort of casually leave. So have like, have like a pretty long conversation, else? frankly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. While the yeah, bullets they, are slowly making their way. Yeah, they're like, do we want to kill him? No, we can't have the first thing that happens. We kill a guy. Which, and it's, what the hell? <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Was it Jonah who wanted to kill him? I think so. Jonah is the only reasonable person here. Mm -hmm. But okay. I, I've always, for whatever reason, I've gotten Han Solo vibes from Jonas. And then here he's like, I want to shoot first. And the fucking George Lucas edit is like, nope, you're not going to shoot first. <laughs> um, 
Okay. But yes, so then they're like, we're gonna we're gonna swoop her off and and get her with the rest of the people that worship the emperor and protect her, et cetera, et cetera. We're gonna keep her secret, keep her safe. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go on to the next chapter, there's also one line just because I want to give props to Ben Counter um, where I can find it, and it's when the like the spooky monster warp ghost leaves. Yeah, here we are. The chill wind that had carried the words of the warp entity blew again, stronger this time. It's ageless malevolence like the murder of innocence. And I just think that line's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that. He does have a good turn of phrase, turn actually. Of- There's a few times I noticed um, some good turns of yeah. phrase he uses uh, for description. There is one one thing that I'll get to later that was an annoyance of describing <laughs> something to you. But I will. And he's yeah. mostly up. Is the yeah, mostly part. up. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything before we go on to chapter five? No. All right. Loken visits an escape room. Tis but a scratch. And Eidolon wins the finale of The Masked Singer. You're just saying that because we went to a lot of escape rooms. And maybe escape rooms are on my mind, but (laughs) he's getting clues. He's he's having to look in books to find things and they're all cryptic. Okay, that's not until the end. Let's talk about this beginning where I wrote, why is Loken like this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's so sad to not be down there murdering people i mean come on or are we just to take it to mean he's so sad because he misses his boy Saul Tarvitz? i think he misses he also misses the brotherhood of the Mornival and all that and he liked his little pool party splashing time with his friends he misses all that <laughs> Um, you know, just just shooting the shit with a little horse, you know, all these so, programmed to kill and he doesn't get to kill anymore. It's yeah. true. He's like, I'm it's reading true. books. This is yeah. stupid. Well, is he reading books? I just want to say <laughs> he's flipping through a book. So yeah. I know he doesn't so have time for metaphor. about that. I really thought at the end of our last session that Loken was going to have to basically decode some <laughs> information from the Chronicle, was it called? The Chronicles, Chronicles of, of Ursh. I thought he was going to have to take some sort of meaning from it and reread. No, that is not what happened. No. He literally just put a note, says, look for a temporal I think, Right, that's about the same thing. <laughs> I think Cinderman's figuring out the level of puzzle solving that Logan is capable of. Uh, but he still gives him a clue that he has to follow. He can't just write, you should probably go to the main room. Where yeah. there's going to be like a secret temple somewhere and you need to find it. And then Loken follows his nose like he's Toucan Sam or or some cartoon I think character. Scooby-Doo is, I think, I, the most Scooby-Doo. Loken-y. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a well, in Tom and Jerry. Uh, all of those. There's a pie on a door sill somewhere and he's <laughs> off. He's like yeah. floating towards it with his <laughs> nose. <laughs> but speaking of Cinderman's note, I want to go back to say that they were hanging out. It was Mercedy and Cinderman. And Loken. And they're hanging out for a long time watching Loken fight. And not until Cinderman is dragged off by Malagurst <laughs> is he like, oh, oh shit, now I have to say it all coy. Uh, I loved a note for you in the Chronicles of Ursh. You need to, it's like any time instead of kink shaming Mercedy for taking pictures of sexy <laughs> Loken, he could have been like, hey, Loken, um, I bet there's a secret temple in that main room. You need Walter, to go find it. It's, gonna it's be a big not deal. kink without consent. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> That's but, just creeping. But instead of calling Mercedy out on her problematic behavior, <laughs> he probably could have been warning Loki. Yeah. They did have some time. Thing. He well, took a page from the Torgotten playbook of giving <laughs> information in a timely manner. Right. Sometimes they take a long ass time to say anything to anyone about something. That's true. And I don't want to get ahead, but there's something later I want to say where someone went right to it and I was annoyed with them. <laughs> um, but, but, but. 
let's talk about this. Uh, he's he's sniffing around and he's like, oh, why does it smell like a hippie store in here? <laughs> yes, that there's incense <laughs> clinging to one of the banners. It also points out that even though Loken was no reader, he was saddened by the loss of such a valuable repository. Oh, of knowledge, my God. Which I liked. <laughs> and it's like he's not one for books. Yeah. Um, but yes, he's in the strategium. He's looking around. He knows that this is he's like, this must be the heart of the crusade, which, again, Cinderman probably could have just said go to the strategium and mm-hmm. not made it a clue. But we got to make an escape roomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finds that there's a smell he doesn't recognize faint, but definitely there. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes ah, it's attached to this banner and it's the scent of incense from from the yurts of Davin. Mm-hmm. Um, Got sandalwood, nog champa. What do we think it is? <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, there's some patchouli for sure. I mean, one hundred percent nog champa. Yeah. I don't have my incense skills, or I don't. I, they smell. <laughs> so my all my I think familiarity with incense is uh, being raised very Catholic and mm-hmm. a lot. Of oh yeah, church. What are they burning in those? I don't know. Boy, it sure is dragon blood. Oh, I wish. I wish it was anything cool. <laughs> Probably myrrh. Frankincense, oh, yeah, those are God, yeah, yeah, those biblical, biblical standbys. Got to get some myrrh. Uh, anyway, that aside, <laughs> he finds a secret door. Um, it's got a spooky leering skull, which um, I believe. Oh yes, he feels a moment of unutterable dread at what lay beyond it, and for a moment he almost considered turning back, but he shook off such a cowardly notion and made his way forward. Because it's not fear, not fear, just unutterable fear. Well. At least he didn't literally say not fear, which happens later on. But, but I do want to start making just a list of all the ways synonyms for fear yeah. that are not that quite. Are not, that they're not technically fear, space according Marine, to Space Marines. Uh-huh. Space Marines absolutely fear unutterable dread, but they do not feel fear. <laughs> do you remember the no fear shirts from the yeah, mid yeah. to late 90s? <laughs> yeah. Is that what they're wearing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Their, their robes, their silky robes that they wear have no, <laughs> no fear, fear expressions on the back. But they don't have no unutterable dread on there. So, um, And they're wearing jinkos. So Loken, <laughs> Loken follows his nose through back past the banner yeah. into a secret passageway. This is an escape room. You're right. Yeah. Um, uh, and then he gets some sort of evil magic contact high is what I <laughs> yes. thought happened. He also, I'm going to say this. Uh, just like I think the narcissism or whatever or or lack of other people's perspectives. Uh, he mentions that there's a bunch of, quote, meaningless symbols and words on the wall. And it's like <laughs> meaningless, Logan. I, you not if being able to read them. <laughs> if it doesn't mean anything to him. Although, what if it's just part of Erebus's set decoration? I and mean, it is true. It could, yeah. yeah, it could be. It's meaningless. Just, uh, it's like uh, when somebody gets a tattoo in another language mm-hmm. and they don't understand they don't, it. It's yeah. just babbling, but it, the symbols look yeah, good. Yeah, they get con- yeah, white yeah. people with kanji tattoos. Yeah. Are- but yeah, so he's he's made his way into the escape room. And yes, he gets an evil magic contact high. Um, and he sees the book of Lorgar. And he's trying to figure out how can books be dangerous and such. When I feel that he's getting, <laughs> it's like, how could words be dangerous? There's a lot of... Kind of clumsy layers going on. Didn't it's like Cinderman say I was reading a book and accidentally brought a monster from the yeah. world. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he means magic and not <laughs> like just word. But yes. Oh, he, my God. But then the book even turns into languages he can read. And then so here's a spooky voice. You know what? I I was imagining 
You got, what are those, the dark pictures of video games? Oh. You know, where sometimes yeah. we find a thing and we turn it over and boom, we have a vision of some sort of evil future, <laughs> some sort of future death or something. Yeah, he's picking up video game clues. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he walked into a room and there's a bunch of little glowing bits of things he can press X to interact with. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. one was the book and yeah, that triggered as a cutscene. Br- as he came in, he was like really prepared to press X to murder someone. Yeah, he was going to do a, his quick time event skills are, are strong. Wrong. He's mm-hmm. not one for reading, but he is one for quick time events. Uh-huh. Um, but spooky voice appears. He hears behind him. And then lo and behold, he turns slowly and sees Torgodden standing before the altar. Ah, cut. Yeah. To um, random Tarvitz time. I left myself a very unhelpful note that somebody's wearing black armor with silver scroll work and the scroll work matches the black tattoo of scroll work that's on their face or something. That is one of the dead Istvanian okay. soldiers. I was like, that shit's awesome. Uh, we, that's all I've got on that. <laughs> yet another example of these books introducing awesome people for Space Marines to fight that you're like, oh, they have fucking war singers uh-huh. and all this stuff and it all looks really cool. And they're like, you will never see them again. I feel like I didn't have much to say about this particular section with no, Saul. We get a lot of the perfection of the perfect perfects mm-hmm. are, are per- and they fight perfectly and they in and perfect coordination people, they perfect fight. Other people fight stupidly. Right. And that the yes mm-hmm. that the death guard are being being death guardy and that's cool. how you get your legs chopped off. <laughs> well apparently yeah you could have probably learned something from there. Mm. Um, and Eidolon I do like that Um, you know we sort of have these anime boys Legion. So you kind of think of them all as like Lucius with swords and everything. And Eidolon's coming up with a giant fuck off hammer. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that's kind of like, oh, well, that's off type. I like it. (laughs) So Yeah, he doesn't. There's a lot of things about him that make me feel like he's not very emperor's children-y, but he is. He's the captain. He's like the big, the number, number two guy. Emperor's children. Yeah. Mm, It's annoying. Um, but yeah, so they bust into the place. A bunch of people get shot. You see guys with cool armor. Um, and then they they find out that it's not. Um, what is it? They realize that this isn't just a calm station when they bust their way in. That it's, it's a temple. Ah, ah, more religion and wow, temple this imagery. Is why, you know, sometimes you have those escape rooms like I went to yesterday <laughs> where you're both in different cells of a prison and you got to shout things to each other uh, to, to do the puzzle. And those two are working in escape room together and they don't know it. Yeah. I also, the scene you're talking about where you get to see the guy with the cool armor and tattoos, I was worried that Tarvitz was going to pull a Loken and like chat with the dying guy again. But <laughs> this guy was already all dead. So I was like, oh, it's just as well. Um, but then we're back to Loken talking to Torgodden, but it's not Torgodden. And his face is ashen and leathery, puckered and scarred around a burning yellow eye, sharpened metallic teeth glinted in a lipless mouth and twin gashes were torn in the center of his face. A star with eight points. Mm, that's a chaos link. Yeah. Do we feel like this is actually a vision of what Torgodden's going to be like in the future? Mm, good question. That didn't even occur to me. I'll just remain silent on this. On this I think you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I was beginning to wonder because Torgodden seems to be playing it real coy in this particular book. He's He like was all in with Loken last book, mm. but now he's kind of like... It's kind of playing both sides kind of yeah, feel. Yeah, kind of playing both sides and and we'll get to it later, but they're, he's, he's like, oh, he has these real sus assignments for us. And he's like, no, he knows what he's doing. He's the war master. I'm like, you mean he's not setting you up for death? <laughs> well, I don't want to tip off things too much, but you're a little bit right and a little bit wrong. So oh, we'll that's exciting. To, to what's your, your, your 
It's going kind of towards the right track. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. That's the best kind of spoiler. Just right. a little half. A little half, half spoiler. spoiler. Yeah. So, okay. So he sees the name of the book, Galaxy in Flames. Yes. <laughs> I mentioned that. Galaxy in Flames. That's the name of the book. That's the name of the book. <laughs> so, oh, yes. So, um, so we see that. And, and, and then Loken, I am just imagining people walking past this banner, hearing someone from inside the escape room yelling, I will not bow to any fane or acknowledge any spirits. The power of atheism compels you. The power of atheism <laughs> compels you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're famous. Atheists are famously known for our rituals and our. <laughs> yeah. That's how they do. Yeah. But he does seem to have his thing. He, he relies back on. But just I, I like to imagine people just hearing them bellowing this from far away yes. <laughs> to himself. I mean, he's in a room alone with a book. Yeah. Um, the best, oh man, I wish I could find the, the bit about galaxy and flames. It's like he, you know, looked away from the vision of the galaxy and flames. It always reminds me, there's a wonderful meme that goes around. There's a very famous piece of art, um, that's Horus and the emperor, um, obviously like having a big showdown sort of thing. Um, and it's one of them saying, it's like, ah, you have bested me. You are truly the Warhammer 40K is like the dialogue <laughs> that's always put on it. <laughs> and it, it just reminded me so much. Or like, you are truly the Warhammer 40K. Yes. Oh, you did it. You defeated me. Horace Lubricall. You really are the Warhammer 40K. Um, and so whenever I <laughs> see the Warhammer 40K, see the war. No, but, <laughs> but I love that bit. We should I'll find that thing so we can post it. But yeah. when I see people put the name of the thing in there. I was like, oh, there's a good one for that for Warhammer. <laughs> um, yeah. But yes, he's not Logodon. He's, he's seeing he's not Torgodon. He's seeing this vision. He he casts it away with the power of his atheism. Um, and then, you know, he Loken knows that all these terrible things are going to happen and that it's up to him and to take yet care of it. Again, he suddenly realizes everything he's he knows and everything he has ever been told is wrong. <laughs> he has this revelation how many times over the course of oh, this trilogy? A dozen at least <laughs> times. Well, and the thing I want to talk about, and because it happens again and again, and it, we mentioned it before that it's a bit of the trouble of he's the main character in a story that we know how it goes. Um, but he is constantly making these revelations and then just being like, well, I guess back to I'll get my guys ready for a fight. Yeah, that's right. my orders. And it's like you... You know something, you have to stop it. And he's like, well, but yeah, but can I stop it today? I mean, he I really know. needs I really to go get go that bloodlust yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, because he's not allowed, narratively, he's not allowed to do anything. He can't stop sort yeah. of the general right. certain of events. But they don't do a great job of having to do anything except, man, I found another world shattering revelation <laughs> i guess uh i guess i'm just gonna go back to what's what's on the schedule Put now that on the back burner. Yeah. okay then we get back to his back burner is full <laughs> but I, <laughs> the, oh my god so yeah so he takes a book yeah why'd they leave such an important book lying about just behind a flappy curtain or whatever oh look at the problem solving skills of the people <laughs> they're dealing with that was a safe place <laughs> They're like, there's no way Loken will find uh, this unless he gets a we, series of clues on the nose. Then we get back to what I think is the more interesting part, which is what's happening with Saul. Yeah, Saul yeah. Tarvitz fighting his way on Istvan Extremis. Actually solving things and oh. finding things out. Mm -hmm. I want to see like not even like a f like 
like a goofy like I want to see the picture of this stepped period pyramid with a, a woman with like floating hair screaming singing on top as mm-hmm. like two legions of space marines are like fighting their way up yeah. and like this is kind of t- her great. clothes are kind of like tentacly yeah. this is a heavy metal uh-huh. album yeah. cover yeah <laughs> that for sure. I look I mean I think it just looks metal and yeah. I want to see it Although yeah. I was picturing the war singer is much more like Klaus Nomi. Does that bring it over you? Okay, it's very not metal, but very appropriate. And I, I want to believe there's one person that's like, I hoped they would make a Klaus Nomi reference today. Hold the on, last box that they wanted checked was checked. So Klaus is like a famous, like operatic 80s new wave art who singer. looks like a clown yeah. like an old timey clown and was known for like you can't really see any of these pictures but that those big shoulders like this ridiculous big vinyl costume that he oh, would wear back like in the this. day so i see i don't like this, <laughs> this is... well it's supposed to be spooky no but this isn't what i <laughs> i don't like this no. <laughs> it's not what i want in my life just wait till you hear Klaus's musical contributions to the world. Uh, Are they a beautiful song that will, but then can also like tear your armor off? No, uh, yeah, is I it a it, song? Yeah, probably literally. Or is it unmusic? Oh. <laughs> you know, I don't think they did unmusic. They did. They? Oh, they did. Son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> so, and that's. These fucking books sometimes. Yeah, that was the one. That was my one note to Ben is that when you're an author and you're asked to describe something, I don't care how horrible or weird it is, you can't say that it's basically not the thing it is or that it's indescribable. Don't be an H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> well, we, we've talked about that. Oh, God, I didn't realize, I didn't even notice that they did unmusic. I've talked about that they've. you've often used the the unlight of the warp mm-hmm. and, the un, and all of the... Uh... Yeah, I don't appreciate that. Just Just describe the thing... Just describe the To the thing. best of your ability. Yeah, to the best of your ability. It's okay. Um, yeah, it was one of those things that was it was probably cool the first time. And then I, like, <laughs> I needed to stop. Okay, so so let me just describe this. So so Saul is kind of trudging up the hill. He passes by Nathaniel Gar- Garrow at this point. Yes, right? Garrow sliding down <laughs> the hill because he got his leg blown off and his chest crushed. Yeah, he has like shrapnel in his chest too right yeah yeah it's like his whole armor's been fucked up yeah and then he goes up further and finds the war singer who is who is someone who is um what i was imagining is maybe a more musical version of what happens at the end of the i think it's the first episode of raised by wolves oh sure sure Where someone is just floating around murdering people with the sounds coming out of their mouths. Yeah. Hmm. And um, and so that's what I was kind of picturing. Um, My image was um, Eric, help me, um, elf in Tolkien. And she's like, I fear my beauty and despair. Oh, and Gladriel. Gets, Gladriel, yeah. That, where she gets all a dark scary. Lord, you will have a dark queen. Yes, that bit. I kind of have that image of. <gasps> Her being all super mad and then again, yeah, blowing people away with her voice. I'll also point out for our Dune reference of the day that in the Lynch movie, this doesn't happen in the books, they use the voice to like blow up rock and stuff. They have little like shooting necklaces. Is his name a killing word? Yes. Yeah, there you go. 
I've Uso, heard... the base of the pyramid. <laughs> yeah, I remember them yeah. using the voice, but like I remember like Jessica using the voice to get people to like unlock. They do for that her too, and, but like the Fremen just use it as like blunt. Okay. Weapons when they trauma. ride into okay. the palace at the end, they're all shooting their dumb voice bullets at the <laughs> okay. wall and stuff. It's I love the movie, but it's pretty cheesy. Right. <laughs> Some choices. Um, but anyway, so, so we have a floating magical singer murderer. And Eidolon is seemingly trying to fight her, but he is being crushed or something. Well, He's... yeah, like, the yeah, the, the sound waves or whatever, are like beating him down. Like, But sometimes they pick people up and just like tear their head off. And yeah, she I seems to be playing with him. helmet gets blown off, yeah. Um, and and uh, and Saul basically distracts her for long enough, but <laughs> I don't know. She she's she's gonna murder him, but she distracts him for long enough for Eidolon to let out a horrible scream that is also somehow messing with her music. Like it's like oh, it turns her music into a dirge, so her music is shit now. Um. But yes, then, with a war singer's song had layered its death and beguiling beauty, there was no such grace in the sonic assault launched by Eidolon. It was simply agonizing, deafening volume. Yeah, so maybe actually his scream is more like the one at the in, in Raised yeah. by Wolves. But um, yeah, so he does that. And then Saul is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so how'd that go? Well, and I like so we have this. And he just tries to he gaslights the shit out of him oh. right here. He's like, ah, oh, she's no match for us. Two yeah. warriors. Yep. <laughs> just, just guns or hammers or whatever. Yeah. Well, because there's like a moment where I'm starting to think like he's charging up this hill. Eidolon's got this sweet ass hammer. He defeats this person. I'm like, oh, Eidolon's getting kind of cool. And then immediately because he cuts off the war singer's head with Tarvitz's sword that he picked mm -hmm. up off the ground. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, this is a pretty good sword. And then tosses it on the ground next to Tarvitz. <laughs> and it's like, what a weirdly dick move. <laughs> Like just, I can't even just hand it to the guy. It's just like, oh, nice sword. Fuck you. And it's like, I mean, well, he says thank you, but that's. He, he negs Saul so much all the time. There's a line, but, I think, in a later chapter. Yes, wanna... it's in the. Yeah, he definitely negs him um, and gaslights him. Yeah. So he's been. Yeah, he's been learning the uh, the red pill tricks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then we get back to Garo. And this is what I was talking about that they're. You know, that they like they're insulting each other like they, you know, like they always do. And they really it's like Ben Counter, like got all the notes for what he needed to write about. And they're like, yeah, and you need to have a Nathaniel Garrow obviously needs to be in it. And he's like, who's who's Nathaniel Garrow? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's a character that we did not put into the first two books, but forgot. Um, so, yeah, he needs to be. He's <laughs> he needs to be one of the boys later on. <laughs> so you need to just write it as if he was in these previous two books <laughs> and totally <laughs> hanging out with these people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said, you can bend counter on me. That's when I should have used yeah. it. Ah. <laughs> he could have had it there. So, you, you know, you know, Garo is cool, though, because he's like, Eidolon, that piece of shit yes. did anything. <laughs> I feel that's <laughs> right. like their, that's a, Eidolon is their go-to for telling you which characters you should like. Yeah, Because really it's like Torgodden shows true. up and it's like, we, I think we started really turning the corner on Torgodden when he's like, Eidolon, you piece of shit. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so it's just it. like shorthand for liking a character. It's like, oh, yeah, they hate Eidolon. It's like, this guy's OK by me. Mm -hmm. um, he's a good chap. But then. And Garo, I mean, I like I, I enjoy Garo in this scene, but he's sitting there one leg blown off at mid thigh. His chest is crushed. They talk about just like blood spewing out of his mouth. And he's like, I've had worse. 
And it's like, no, girl, you have Other people need a sawbones before me. Old chap. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Sawbones. I'm glad that survived. And it's, it's only um, a flesh wound. It's, it's like. Yeah, he's definitely that. He's definitely. What are those? The Black Knight. The Black Knight from the, Monty Python. From Monty yes. Python. It's like, it's only a flesh wound. Yeah, I mean, especially when he's like, I've had worse. It's like, are you missing other limbs? I don't think you are. So no, you haven't. <laughs> no, but maybe the other one is a robot. They all have like yeah. fake limbs. It's not. This is his first replacement limb. <laughs> Okay, so, he, so has he hasn't had worse. He's emphatically worse. not had worse. <laughs> Maybe he got his dick chopped off at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There might be. He might like have some sort emotional of emotional damage. damage. <laughs> it sometimes cuts deeper. <laughs> Actually, yeah, the first time he met Eidolon, he said some really mean things about him. <laughs> right. and that was way worse than merely losing a leg. That's why he hates Eidolon so much. So, okay. Anyway, Garo, but they, they, they kill the war singer with shouting. And yes, yes, then he's just like, just us two guys being cool, cool warriors, doing cool warrior stuff. Certainly no weird mutant shouting powers. That would be <laughs> crazy. So, um, but that leads us into <laughs> chapter six. Loken confronts Abaddon and does nothing. <laughs> Loken and Torgon debate doing something, then do nothing. <laughs> Tarvitz turns down mutant powers. No, okay. So I really didn't write down much in this chapter, but I... Was just like, okay, he took this book and I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's going to do with this book. Right. Who's he going to get it to? He's going to get right. it to Cinderman. What's going to happen with this book? And he immediately is like, he go, he calls like Abaddon and he's like, what's this bullshit? Like he found, as if he found a diary, he'd written something mean <laughs> about Loki. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what is this horse shit? <laughs> and he's like, I'm not telling you. I found your magic book of magic. <laughs> and now the bad guys know who took their magic book of magic. I think yeah. they would have already known. Yeah, that's fine. But I like also he's like, you're a thief, too. And it's like, is that all of these things are low key compared to <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, um, but like, and he's this and is his plan. Well, because he keeps moving the goalpost because now he's like, oh, if I just find Erebus, I can do all of everything. Oh I, need. I can reveal. You know all. what? This feels, you know, who Loken reminds me of is me when we were playing that game of Vampire, where two of our people decided to, uh, what was it? They were drinking the blood of the becoming. What was it? Joanna and I. With the Sabbat. So, so two people, I'm, I'm in a four person group of vampire. Two we people, split the party. Two oh, yeah, people decided to join the Sabbat. One of them is firmly sticking with the, uh, I don't Camarilla. know, the Camarilla. And I'm like in the middle, like, no, we can still fix this. We We're all still them. a group. Yeah. <laughs> Joanna and I are doing like fire rituals. Uh, and, shit. <laughs> and then and then I killed her butler and yeah. everything went to you shit. You just wanted that. the Mornival to get back together. I, ju- I did. Goal, so. I really did. I felt very yeah. much. You were like so low in there. And uh, and that's what. It, but and it was stupid. I wasn't going to happen. And so that's what this feels like, too. Um, I don't know. Well, and. <laughs> Because he talks about where somewhere in here, he says that, like, he's going to he's got to be ready for when the enemy finally reveals itself. And it's like that that's happened. The, hmm. the and no, that's Cinderman's talking about, like, when the enemy reveals itself. And it's like you we already Horace know Horace is trying it. to murder you. Yeah. He sent his guy to kill your saint. Like, yeah. you know, everyone we knows know who the bad, who guy, the is bad is here. guy is. I mean, and I know it's on the front of the books and they don't get to see that, but it's very clear <laughs> that this is the Horace heresy at this stage. Yeah. This also reminds me of like 
whenever we were playing Call of Cthulhu and we had some magic book that people were demanding we give someone. And we're thinking of all of these things like, oh, maybe we can make a copy of the book to give them. Or how can we make a copy of the stuff we need out of it before we give it to them? And or no, fuck it up did, so they can't use it. Right. Destroy it. Anything. Or hand it immediately back to the person <laughs> you stole it from. Well, gosh, did we? I don't remember. It, it did what we what well, we did. It I think didn't we all well. almost died. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that everyone book. did die. I did yeah. die. Yeah. Well, that everyone died. Yeah. yeah. Like, this call podcast is actually just us reminiscing about games I've run. Now, so <laughs> that's how we're gonna but do it. We, so. Yeah. Yeah. Actual play podcast. But I'm go. just saying, if I was Loken, I would be trying to come up with any other idea besides just straight give him the book that mm-hmm. I stole. That he doesn't even know. He hasn't even asked for it. I know it's not even like three chapters later. There's no, a, it's a, immediately. a choice to make or something. Yeah. Just I think no. you have to remember that if you were Loken, you would be an idiot himbo. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and I love. Sweet, sweet puppy dog. Was that Sarah? Are they here with us through the war? I've got a channel. (laughs) I know Sarah right now would be just furious at Loken. So (laughs) I've got to I got to get that. I got to step up to that. Yeah. So then we we cut. Then we get to the. Yeah. Then we get to the Letitia Divinitatis. And I know I'm maybe supposed to be on their side, but I have to tell you, I hate the Letitia Divinitatis. They're so annoying. Just don't. I mean, man, this is why I need Sarah to be here. Yeah, yeah I have neutral uh, feelings about them so far. I don't. Well, I mean, I haven't chosen a side. They're against the evil guy, so yeah. you know, I think that gives them some points. Mm. And I like um, Cinderman for some reason, and I don't know when this happened. You or why. like Cinderman? I think because I thought of Nina Simone and Cinderman, Cinderman during the first fucking book. Now, anytime Cinderman shows up, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You just get that song playing in the background <laughs> a little bit and you're ready to go. It has nothing to do with decisions he's made, but. Yeah. But he's and he does his iterator tricks. He has Kassar in the audience to like step yeah. up at, <laughs> at a cue, like, which they always talk about how awkward a speaker Kassar is. So like I imagine. So well, let's lay it out here. Once I could not believe in such things as saints, I trained myself to accept only logic and science and to cast aside religion as superstition. Magic and miracles were impossible, simply the invention of ignorant people struggling to understand their world. It took sacrifice of the saint to show me how arrogant I was. I saw how the emperor protects, but she has shown me that there is so much more than that, for if the emperor protects his faithful, who protects the emperor? Sinderman let the question hang. And then Titus kind of comes up, and I imagine he's like, we must, said <laughs> Titus Kasser, pushing his way to the front of the crowd. Because he's such a shit talker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, we must protect the emperor, for there is no one else. I mean, I, I just imagine it being the most embarrassing, like, obvious plant. Uh-huh. Is he <laughs> reading off a cue card? And he's, like, looking at Cinderman all the time, who's, like, having like, to kind of nod. Did I do this right? Cinderman's, like, very naturally spoken. <laughs> um, yes. Stranger from the crowd. <laughs> I don't know at all. This remi- Again, this reminds me of Foundation. They're all the, the sec- second season of Foundation. All the pretending to be... Like they're all speaking and trying to convert people to the foundation. Oh and yeah, the, the the foundation religion people. Yeah, yeah. Well, who also don't believe in religion. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they just have a, their fake <laughs> science of, religion. There's a lot of parallels Imperial between these. truth. Everybody out there who likes Warhammer 40k can watch the foundation. Yeah, go see Lee Pace. Be cool. And it's got um, uh, war against robots and yeah, everything mm-hmm. you could want. So, mm-hmm. um. But anyway, that whole section of chapter two is just Cinderman being like, we've got to protect the saint, whatever. Nothing Moving happens on. there. Um, and then we get to Tarvitz hanging out and getting just 
just shit on by Eidolon mm-hmm. over and over again. Oh, yeah. Um, and and constantly lied to because it's like, how'd you kill her? And it's like, I mean, what do you mean? We just we fought. A th- it's like you did a mutant power <laughs> shout. <laughs> I saw it. And come on. Um, and then you feel so bad because he's <laughs> I feel so bad for poor Tarvitz as Eidolon basically metaphorically kicks a puppy. Um. Because he's like, very good, Captain. I should have you instruct the novices. And you yourself, would you lead from the front? Sudden hope flared in Tarvit's breast. Of course, given the chance I would, I had not thought you considered me worthy of such a role. You are not, (laughs) Tarvitz. I thought of some other examples of this because I love that so much. So imagine you go to like a fast food place and they're like, would you like fries with that? And you're like, yeah, fries sound great. You can't have fries. No, no fries. We're all out. <laughs> no, that really Do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded? <laughs> no, you can't actually no. have him. <laughs> well, and then this is I'll take. I love this line from Ben Counter. I say this not as an insult, Eidolon continued, apparently oblivious to the insult it clearly was. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that, actually. It's yeah. like, ah, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, and he just... And he just talks down so hard to Tarvin. So it's like, well, you don't understand. I'm one of Fulgrim's like main guys. And you don't understand what it's like to be like super cool like I am. (laughs) Um, So I understand that your like tiny line officer brain doesn't really get the bigger picture. But I mean, you're very good at your tiny, tiny, unimportant role um, that you should keep doing. And he said they were important. Oh, (laughs) yes. Not as important as him, though. Yeah. Um. But then he promises that he will take him to the central apothecary on and he's going to show him something. Yeah, show him what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then then I want a scene where I think Torgaden. I mean, I feel Torgaden's getting a little bit of his just desserts because he's immediately like the book. And Loken's like, oh, yeah, I gave the book to the guys. <laughs> and I can imagine Torgaden being like, what? Why? And it's like, well, you didn't tell me about Carcassy for like three months. So it's <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess this is only fair. <laughs> like, obviously, you two never. Never speak to each other about important events yeah. in a timely fashion. But yeah, he didn't so even this... go to Torgaden first with the book. I know. I know. He didn't go to Torgaden. He didn't go to anybody. This is what I'm talking about. And But yeah, but Torgaden pisses me off here, too, because he's like, oh, we're going to be uh, doing this. And this is so great. And he's like, and, and it seems obvious. It's like, oh, he's putting all of the people he doesn't like into yeah. The spear tip or whatever. Yes. And it's and like we almost always send all our guys out in this very particular way. But today, it seems like everyone's just being kind of picked and choose randomly from squads. <laughs> just a bunch of different squads that are all people that seem to be on his shit list. Uh-huh. Yeah. And 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 Torgotten is like, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouse. You gotta look a gift horse. Yeah. A gift Trojan horse yes. in the in the in the butt. A gift horse faced starties right (laughs) a horse-faced flesh barrel in the mouth uh yeah why is torgaden suddenly so stupid i just wrote fucking Tarek. i thought you were the smart one (laughs) yeah i'm so mad at it they're now the smart one and the quiet one yeah no no no. now they're the they're just the the two well the dumb one and the quiet one (laughs) they both talk a lot too but (laughs) and it's just i mean you you have some good sarcastic sarcasm and everything which i like but yeah it's there. And then But have they not noticed that everyone who's on the on Horace's shit list has been dying? Yeah, I mean, they're obviously murdering people, but again, it's like they could never do that to a space marine, I guess. Oh, even though no. again but you'll I, remember the meeting where they're like, I we should kill this Logan guy. Ask, right. And maybe this will be answered in the next section. But why does Horace have to be coy about this? Why can't he just 
hang these two for treason effectively? Like, why does he have to do things in this way? Well, I think it's going beyond just these two. Okay. Like, he's not he's not trying to just get, like, this whole thing is not just to remove Torgaden and Logan. Okay. Maybe there was a conversation where they're like, we could hang those two, and then somebody in the back was like, and they're like... 7,000 dudes you need to kill? Let's yeah. just do it all Are at once. Are there 7,000 dudes? Yeah. Is it, or is it just, just like them? Several and, companies. Or is it just them and Nero Vipers? No, I think the idea that there's... <laughs> these are all the people that Horus doesn't think are going to be on board with this rebelling against the Emperor thing. <sighs> okay. He sent out a big a big questionnaire, and it's like on a... Or one of like those hypothetically. Little, yeah, or like he passed little notes to like in class. It's like, do you like me? Do you like me more than the emperor? Yes, no. Circle yes or no, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then people who wrote back no, you know. Okay. So they're like, okay, we're going to do it. And then we get back to Saul again. Yes. And and he finds out they're having a lot of science happening. What's the what's the science guy's name? Apothecary Fabius. Fabius yes, is there. I love this is one of my favorite characters in all oh, of the Oh, you love ever. Fabius. Yes. Okay. Well, more later than now, but and and of course, Saul does the thing where again, there's some sort of fuzzy line that I don't understand, where they're like augmenting your body, and I I kind of get they tried to explain it away why he's upset about because it it's Xenos race stuff, but. Nothing about the way space marines are set up is human. <laughs> That's a very good point. Okay, humans don't have all these extra organs. Humans don't have, I mean, humans have fear, which I guess they do, actually. Well, but, no, they have unutterable dread, <laughs> as we know. But I, I, it really, this is just the thing, one of the things that really bothers well, me about this is that this line seems so arbitrary and they keep trying to justify it. Well, I think it's supposed to be that he's upset at, like, so the emperor made space marines and he's a super smart guy that knows everything. And then this Fabius asshole is fucking with it. Just some dude. And he's trying to like improve on what the emperor did. And he's like, if the emperor wanted us to have. You're playing emperor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And if you want, if the emperor mm. wanted us to have murder shout powers, he would have given us murder shout powers. And, yeah, and that's not okay. how it works. Right. By the way, I just thought of this. Did the the space marines have uncourage? To continue? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> to deal with their, their the, no fear they never feel. Mm-hmm. Um. But also, I think part of it, he also walked through like a horror movie gallery of horrifying mutants. Yeah, <laughs> so that's true. It's like this guy has fly eyes because why not? It's like he's just, <laughs> just maybe he's just trying shit. Yeah, it's it's very Island of Dr. Moreau. Like, why are you doing any of this? And it's like, because it's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to give this dude fly eyeballs because fuck yeah. So this is like that episode of Full Metal Alchemist yeah. with the chimeras. Yeah, he's firmly firmly mad scientist territory uh-huh. down in this dungeon. So maybe Saul's also like, I don't like a lot of what I've seen. Like, I don't want to get on that table and see what I get when I wake up. Okay. Because who knows what sort of tentacle arms I'll have or and something. he's like, yeah. And he slowly backs out of yeah. the room like, this is cool. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass I'm totally, on this one. Yeah. I'll, yep. This is great. I'm so glad to be part of this. Bye. And there's yeah. no way that that's going to be bad for him. Yeah. And then again, we get this section in here, too. It's like, that's why I had to show you this, Captain. You remember the cleansing of Laren? And it's like, of course, answered Tarvitz. And we're all like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, uh, book four, Fulgrim or whatever is or five or six or whichever one Fulgrim is. But it's just like, that's a book that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> like, you can't do that. Writers of they Black can, Library. And they like, did. We can. And they're like, oh, 
They uh, they almost want to have an asterisk or like mm-hmm. a, when you read comic books and they're like somebody will say something and they'll be like, oh, that's friendly readers. That's from issue oh, 23. Right. Yeah. You know, Excelsior. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so he, okay. he he pieces out, holds up his hand back awkwardly out of the apothecarium. Um, and he could not move. shake the feeling that he had just been tested. Whether he had passed or failed was another matter entirely. It's failed. Yeah, it's failed for that. sure. <laughs> because he wasn't like, oh, cool. Can I have some right. snake Make eyes? me a cat boy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, honestly, if, if we were going the firm anime boy route, I feel they would just all be cat boys. Yeah, cat boys. <laughs> That's what we'd be doing. Or I guess there were sexy rabbit people in uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen too. Maybe you could go that route. Whatever. Point is. Or how sexy were they? Every, like everyone in Final they were, Fantasy, they're all pretty yeah. sexy. Okay. So. <laughs> that was like their job. They were like all scantily clad. I don't yeah. know how I feel about this. I haven't no, seen this. No, yeah, exactly. You shouldn't feel like great this. about it. <laughs> they tried to retcon it a little bit later, but yeah. Um, but anyway, that brings us tangent. to um, our final chapter for today. Chapter seven. Jonah is also weirdly cavalier about miracles. Tarvitz is smarter than all the sons of Horus put together. And Ben Counter tells us to hold on to our butts. <laughs> <laughs> so... Here we are, and we get through. Kassar is he's doing a little prayer time on on <laughs> yeah. his Titan. Yeah, like so. This is. Let me just make sure I understand. If I remember when we saw Jonah before, there's like little um, mechanical worms or whatever that get in their brains. Yeah, yeah. You, you like plug in your brain. Uh-huh, to the you core, plug yeah. your brain in, and Kassar is doing that. Yep. Titus Kassar is doing that, and uh, and. Apropos of nothing, he he basically says a prayer out loud. Yes, the emperor protects. Yeah, and yeah. he destroys. And then yes, Jonah's yeah. just behind him saying, "Does he now?" Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, but where are we again? Oh well, we're on everyone's favorite Titan, the Dies Irae. <gasps> Going through checks, plugging yourself in, checking plasma levels, all the exciting things that happen with Titus Cassar on the Dies Irae. Yeah, so so we got okay. So so we've got them on the on the DSRA. He's like, "Hey, Jonah comes by. Hey, don't be saying prayers on here. You're gonna get in trouble." And he's for this. like, "Oh, what? I can't even think now." And it's like, <laughs> "Don't think with your fucking mouth." And Titus Kassar. <laughs> and they pointed out in the last chapter, Cinder, like in one of the earlier chapters, Cinderman's like, "Man, it's so shocking. We have to have guys with guns guarding our prayer meetings because people will." track us down and murder us and then titus is like i can't even just say i'm a member of the cult that you're actively <laughs> trying to kill out loud what's your problem jonah yeah and it's like they will and jonah's like they already are suspicious of us yeah. stop it well, and stop saying it's my faith right. which is kind of funny considering what he saw right. that's the part that i'm starting to get he's like i don't even know what i saw it's like you saw magic no you know what i'm beginning to agree with him i don't take anything at face value here you saw bullets not moving. Like, you saw the same. Justice saint. for Jonah. Hashtag justice for Jonah. <laughs> Sorry. It's like I'm I'm staunchly a non-believer, but I don't know. I feel that I would at least have some questions if like I was in a horrifying situation and somebody with like a cross glowing out of their forehead like showed up and rescued me. Out like their floated me out of the, their a glowing cross shown out of their body somewhere. Okay. And then their like hand. like if it was on their forehead, I would believe it. Okay, fine. <laughs> and then like floated me out of a building or something utterly magically saved me from a thing. Mm-hmm. I would at least 
I want to know. I might, I might stop by the next prayer meeting or two to see what's going on with that. I feel like this chapter, and, and I could be wrong about some of these, but I feel like this chapter is everybody saying goodbye to the things that were their life before. Sure. You've got Titus and Jonah trying to hold on to the DSRA. You've got, um, well, we, we've got Tarvitz basically... Uh, saying goodbye to the ancient or whatever. Another character that they that have hardly talked about. Hardly and talked then they're like, about. no, no, this guy's a really cool guy. And Loken basically saying goodbye to Yacht and Cruz. Yeah. And, and I feel like that that's what this is all about is it's like, okay, we're about to lead into our new roles as being against the thing yeah. that we were for. Yeah, maybe. like I say, we're holding on to our butts. We got to get our butts <laughs> in order so we can hold on to them. And then ready to go. But, uh, I just want to say that Kassar, though, by the way, has a touch of Jonah in him. Hmm. Where he's like, <laughs> somewhere deep down, he resented the thought of anyone else touching the Titan. <laughs> Fair enough. They're both very protective of her. And her curves. Yeah. <laughs> and her thick metal curves. Thick with two Cs. Yes. But yeah, then we get to we get to Loken and talking to Torgaden and they're getting all ready to go do the fight thing that they're going to do that no one has triggered no suspicion in their minds. Just a totally normal battle that has been different in every conceivable yes. way. Um, and then he goes to Yacht and Cruz and he's like, hey, can you can you look after which again, where were these brain thoughts when <laughs> Cargacy was in danger? Right, but right. He's like, man, mortals could be murdered. Uh-huh. Huh, maybe I could send one of the genetically enhanced superhumans whom I know many of. <laughs> to go look after them for me. Yeah. That could be great. But he sends the Acton crews out to look after Mercity and, and I feel like this is a gamble Dealer. because I'm not sure whose side the Acton Cruz is on. And I think we know. And he doesn't care about humans at all, it seems like. Oh, yeah. He's like, why do these mortals matter to you? But he convinces them with saying they keep me honest. And he's like, I love honesty. Yeah, that's great. He's like truth tellers. Yeah, just like me. I tell the truth. Even if people don't like it. <laughs> I like to think that Loken like stops listening to him partway through a lot of that. too. <laughs> like he's like going on about how important honesty is, and how we have to stay true to ourselves. And Loken's just like, oh, sorry, I was looking at my gun. I was <laughs> right. I forgot where you, so you're going to look after him or yeah. no. Or, you, you yeah. said yes. OK, where'd we land on that? Yes. Good. And then I like that they go off and they're like, looper call. It's like, I feel we all have questionable thoughts about that man right now, but let's keep using that as our battle cry. Well, they're just about the cave. They don't care. About they just the... they love that cave. Um, and then we have. So I like the Emperor's Children. This is I actually really like this reveal about the Emperor's Children, that they are so confident that they will win, that they have their big celebratory victory party before Boy, the battle. That is so great. <laughs> I feel that that's such a good like, Jesus, you sons of bitches. Like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, you are the worst legion, but here we are. <laughs> um, and and I love there's a great bit of Tarvitz and Lucius where Tarvitz is leaving the party because he doesn't want to be there. And Lucius is like, you got to stay and tell the story about how I kicked a bunch of ass on murder. And he's like, oh, no, 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 Lucius, you you tell the story better because I don't make your part big enough. And Lucius is like, that's an excellent point. And they're <laughs> launching into the story. And it's just a good bit of. Of a good bit of their interactions that I think Ben Counter has, has picked up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tarvitz, who has gotten basically the same information that Loken and Torgaden got, where it's like weird that all the different people are going on this fight and Lord Eidolon's yes. main guys aren't going yes. and it's all these people. And instead of being like, 
Welpsy daisies better do a thing. He's like, I'm going to go maybe investigate this and, and goes, find a way to wiggle out of it. I thought that that was genius. Yes. And he is, again, smarter than this whole every other protagonist we have, I think, mm-hmm. combined. Mm-hmm. Tarvitz is apparently grasping. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's I like it for Tarvitz because I love Saul Tarvitz, but it's very frustrating yeah, for everybody else. It's right. like, why is Saul everyone Tarvitz else such an idiot? Is, he's the best. Um, And then we should talk a little bit about. The ancient Rillinor, um, who's the a, a dreadnought, as they say. Um, as who says? As well, the book. I think. Do they ever mention that he's a dreadnought? They talk I about that he's in a giant remember. robot body. I don't. I understood him to be. Oh, they say in a dreadnought human war anymore. Yeah. So floating in a tank or something. Yeah. Or? So when space marines get hurt, super super bad, but they don't quite die. But they're just like they're going to probably die um, and they're really cool. They'll put them in this thing called a dreadnought, which is basically this like tank sarcophagus thing that they like wire their body into and it keeps them alive. Um, and they're in just like this giant murderous war machine and they're sort of stuck there forever. Wow. And it feels like it'd be cheaper to make another another start. Yeah. Well, the idea is that this boy is supposed to be particularly one. cool. So they want to keep his experience and wisdom mm-hmm. available okay so whenever you're grown from your gene seed you don't have all your memories and stuff no yeah yeah it's just a new just a new baby. just a new 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 baby space marine okay um but yeah so he's like this sort of floating husk of a space marine inside mm-hmm. this little sarcophagus tank and he just is a giant war machine mm-hmm. stopping around so also when they talk like and they always and they do this with every dreadnought that's ever been in any of these books they always have their laughter and stuff be like the clanking of their it's and it's like he's speaking can he just laugh through his like little <laughs> voice thing that he has and they're like no no he's always got to have like a weird mechanical it's like fine <laughs> but it, it's clink, yeah. clink, boy. i was sad yeah. that that Every wasn't really portrayed that wasn't really portrayed in the audiobook i was a little oh sad. that is a shame yeah, yeah that's too bad they could have really leaned in on that um but yeah so he talks to real and he's like hey i uh I kind of want to be the guy that sort of like coordinates all of this from the ship because the guy that was supposed to do that died. In and his honor. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm, yeah, I thought that guy was the best. Um, who again, but we didn't have not Eidolon of. already find a replacement for that? That's that's where the hole in the logic well, is. Well, Rillinor's like, he's probably already got a replacement for it. And he's like, yeah, but could it be me? And Rillinor's like, I guess I can put you in. The, I guess he has. He's got the org chart. <laughs> he gets to decide where people go on the thing, I guess. Okay. So. Um, but he he says and he's like, oh, you do great honor to his memory, even though he's like, oh, I had to lie to the cool guy. But oh, well. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, this ancient is going to go down to to Istvan to go fight. So will he ever see him again? Mm, anyway, um, I mean, probably not. Right. And then we get to like you say, this is just a moment of like all of our principal characters kind of having their last chats before mm. shit goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are we to believe then from that that Cinderman isn't going to see Euphrates and Mer- Mercity or <laughs> they're like kind of hanging out at the end? Is that, Are they going to have a, a split too? No, I don't know. I think they're just hanging out okay. together. But uh, can I talk about my favorite Cinderman line here? Oh, please. <laughs> He's he's like smiling and holding uh, her hand after she is she awake now. She's kind no, of a, she's, she's, she's kind like, of mumbling okay. sometimes. So he's emperor, said, emperor magic. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking. Lokin. He says it gives me something to hold on to. 
There are people on this ship who want to kill her. And somehow, don't ask me how, I know that I need to keep her safe. Um, <laughs> a voice in your head told you to. <laughs> and you and forced you to write it. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh. And <laughs> so don't ask him about that. Yeah, he just doesn't want to talk he about it. He knows what it. happened, but he doesn't okay. want to reveal it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then we see from their perspective that these drop pods are dropping down to Istvan and it's a whole big thing and da da da. And uh, Keeler whispers, Logan. Um, and then we get to we see the coral city where the big battle is going to be. And it's just a actually a really cool description of, again, a place uh-huh. that will then we'll probably just be a hole in the ground. Yeah, is my guess, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> now. Utterly, yep, utterly destroyed, but they're going to do. And um, and they talk about like the legends of the people of Istvan, where they like think that the evil ones went to this other planet in the Istvan system, which that's also a thing for people that know what's happening in future books. Because they talk about the fifth planet in the Istvan system. Mm. Spoiler alert, something big happens there. Um, but then uh, they come down and they think they have all their defenses set up. And then, which I also find frustrating that they're like, they've laid out all these trenches. And then it's like, oh, my God, these drop pods are just coming from space. And it's like, well, yeah, they get to drop everything from space. And like, they don't have to land outside of your cool trenches. <laughs> like, they can land wherever they want. But here we are. Anyway, big battle's going to start. And the killing began, they said. So, yeah. And I know I know we were going to actually talk about our fan casting Mm -hmm. this week, but I actually think I would rather talk about that when Sarah. I think that's a good. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Eric, I suspect you have something to plug. Yeah. um, So part of the we're going to do now two contests. So maybe it will be a $40 total because I was going to tie it into the fan casting. So we'll just do $40. But so here's what I'll plug. There was already our podcast Instagram, which I don't remember the what it's at at. 0240K pod. My phone's on airplane mode or I would check myself. <laughs> but now there's also an Eric Strange fellow on Instagram. I'm terrible at social media and I'm trying to figure it out. So what we're going to do is um, I put up a um, some fan art that I wanted to share on the 40, the podcast thing, but it didn't work out. So it's on mine. So I'm shamelessly saying if you go there, like the first person to say what's up in a comment besides Shannon, Shannon's already commented on it. <laughs> and if I notice that you are following both Instagram accounts, then I'll send you a Halloween card in the mail or Aww. something. So I presume it. I can't oh, and run we have, on there right now and get this. <laughs> um is and a Halloween we have instance, card a thing? It is. I okay. like to send them. Do you need to borrow um, any of my wax melts or some? Oh, maybe so. Stamps. It has to be again. It's the twenty dollars limit, so it has to keep the envelope postage <laughs> a stamp or two. So, um, uh, also, I was going to say since we have um, listeners in other time zones, like in other countries and stuff, and maybe you would have less. Maybe it wouldn't be as advantageous for you to get on anyway. So, if you are a second person. Within like 24 hours and you're like, hey, I'm from wherever and I didn't have time until just now to do it, then I'll send you one too is my point. And that will be different. So Let me just make sure there was a lot of text. Uh There's a lot of terms and conditions. (laughs) So you're saying that what people need to do is find you, Eric Eric Strangefellow. Is that Eric Strangefellow? That's it? Uh, Yeah, Eric Strangefellow. And they need to go to your Garveal post that uh-huh. I... <laughs> yes. So there's probably two posts, but it is the fan art, the Garveal one. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and they need to comment on there with where they are. 
They just need to say something. They just need to say something. Yeah. And they, how they are you going to know where to mail the thing to? I'll, I was, I'm trying. I'm doing DM it all public them. so that it's not a total DM slide situation. Yeah, but yeah. like, yeah, I will DM you. Then we can work okay. out details if you don't want. You your can tell we're professionals. Yeah. Just kidding. We don't get paid for any of this. <laughs> yeah. So good. If anything, it takes all the money from us. We get paid in love. Uh-huh. Okay. And people tell so me that's my they plug. like things. Instagram okay. is my plug. Great. Um. All right. So. Next time, we'll talk about our fan, fan casting. casting. I have a controversial fan casting, yep. so I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I, I probably have some lots of controversial fan casts, but I would definitely, because I always feel like uh, Sarah is more likely to be on my side and be excited about things for me. <laughs> I need I need them to be here. I don't. I won't get a single reference probably that either of you I, make. Yes, so you need someone else in the room the to be thing, like, oh yeah. yes, actors that we know. Yeah. But yes, and vice versa. So mm-hmm. um, next time we'll be reading chapters eight through eleven to start the Coral City. Oh, and I didn't realize it's coral like a like a yeah choir. like a choir. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, okay, and I actually coral. didn't notice that because I listened to the audiobook right. before I read the text. And then I was like, oh. Because like, war singers. Like, cor- like a chorus. Coral, like a chorus. Yes. Mm. Oh, you guys, they're making some cool stuff. Um, thank you for listening. And in the meantime, Henry, a Highlander reboot I'm starting to hear about now. Got to pick your <sighs> pick your franchise lane, friend. <laughs> so I don't know. He can be Duncan McLeod or Connor McLeod, whichever. Dungeon or McLeod. a whole new McLeod. That series is perfect. What about Lambert? What? Oh my god. No. Lambert. Okay. I can do an entire podcast also on the television show Highlander. Yeah, I think I, I think I. everybody's moms really love oh, that. Oh, what was his name? There was a lot of Adrian. No. Adrian Paul. Adrian Paul. Oh, my mom yeah. thought Adrian Paul was dreamy. Again, yeah, I think you agree. Everyone's moms. mom thought Adrian Paul Did was dreamy. Did your mom also think that MacGyver was dreamy? <laughs> um, she actually liked MacGyver because he was from Minnesota. Oh, okay. So that was a big that was a big part of our appeal of the original MacGyver. MacGyver not that you know there's a reboot. I did not know there was a reboot. <laughs> okay. Is he not from Minnesota? Probably I don't think that's not. an important part of his okay. character. <laughs> so. Can I do All my right. spot on Lambert impression? Please. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's it. Okay. <laughs> uh, remember when he played Raiden? I was just thinking about how he was playing Raiden. That's such an inappropriate oh, casting that choice. That was the worst. I'm ready for all of our inappropriate casting choices next time. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that will be next time on Zero to 40K. Walter knew Warhammer real well, so he seized every opportunity to tell anyone he could about the books, but no one ever gave them a second look. So he thought, hey, I'll start a podcast. And he gathered around him together at last. Three friends willing to jump into the fray and go from zero to 40. Zero to 40K was created by our war master, Walter Stewart. Production by Administrator Shana Tierney. Music by Eric Strangefellow. Special thanks to Sarah Fecky. Check out everything we're up to at 0240k.com.